Welcome to the Sisters of Industry, a weekly podcast where a shared bloodline combined with divergent professional experiences set the stage for great conversation on doing work that matters. With Laura's global corporate experience and Jen's nonprofit startup experience, the sisters will provide you with insights that can be used to help you lead and work better starting now. We're here to make you laugh, make you think, and make you more industrious in your professional and personal life. I'm Jen, and I have a habit of ranting about inconsequential things as a means of working out more complicated situations in my mind. Just ask the people I work with how I feel about smoothies. Actually, maybe you shouldn't. I'm Laura, and I have a habit of pushing my idea of a good habit onto other people. I think it is a great idea to make a to-do list and prioritize it every day. Why wouldn't everyone want to adopt this behavior? Today, we're going to continue our discussion on habits with a focus on handling the bad habits, how to stop, when to pause, and we're even going to talk about when a good habit has gone bad and you need to get real with yourself. Thanks for making the sisters a habit you want to keep. Let's go. Jen, I'm excited to be back talking about habits. I'm curious, in the time between episode one and episode two of this habit conversation, did you have any self-actualization moments about habits you have that you didn't even realize existed? I am going to be real honest and tell you that I didn't have as many of those moments. I did, however, have a very strong sense that I needed to start taking vitamins after our last conversation. So I would like to share with everyone that I have begun a multivitamin regimen again. Very good. Glad to hear that. <laughs> I feel a little bit guilty and also... I guess I'm waiting for the reviews online that that episode was a little too ranty about vitamins and hydration. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I already confessed to ranting about smoothies. So it's fine, Laura. It's fine. One of our habits is clearly ranting. <laughs> See, there is self-actualization at its finest. We have a habit of ranting that we share. So that's just beautiful. But I think it's perfect. So let's just use that and spring right off of it. What we want to really talk about today is recognizing um, habits that you need to stop and how to address stopping them. So we're kind of backing into this whole thing and ramping up to establishing good habits and habits yes. for better by getting to the, let's stop doing some things because that's going to create some space to insert some good habits. Um, and maybe one of the things you and I need to stop is our ten is our habit of ranting anytime we feel passionately on a topic. I mean, I can go with you there, but sometimes it's better to take it out on the innocent, non-suspecting things like vitamins and smoothies versus... The more consequential. But I'm with you, Lara, and I'm ready to learn to stop and pause today. Okay, excellent. So the most important thing I think our listeners can hear today will be at the end of the episode, so don't leave us now. <laughs> the second most important thing we will say today is this whole concept about stopping and pausing with habits points to a need for mindfulness. Now, listen, I do go to yoga class occasionally, but I am not a very heady, 
I'm not a thinker in that regard, right? So mm -hmm. this might sound like a very different concept to be coming out of the mouth of Laura Brown. But in order to stop and pause habits, we really need to get into this space of mindfulness where we are prepared to not only recognize that the habit exists, but to be mindful about why it exists. Going back to last week's episodes, what triggers the habit, what reward is there that has us continuing the habit, etc. We have to stop and be mindful end to end about this habit process in order to stop it. Exactly. And it's really important too, because one of the things that you and I have discovered and talked about, and we're going to talk about more today, is that there really is a very thin line between a good habit and a bad habit. And those good habits can become bad habits if we're not being mindful and if we're not paying attention. And so having these practices of knowing when there's a habit that needs to be stopped and one that needs to be paused long enough to to evaluate is this still a good thing or is it no longer a good thing really important so when we've gotten to the point and hey guys get really excited because at the end of today's episode there will be a homework assignment to help you build on this so like <laughs> oh yeah homework going into christmas She's break not get joking y'all this is how we grew up <laughs> yeah it's fabulous and wonderful you enjoyed every minute of it so we are going to start let's really get stopping a habit and mindfulness i love this concept and i think last week we talked a lot about the basic tenets of building a habit but in order to stop a habit you need to essentially do a reverse and that starts with identifying each of these steps that exist in the habit. So for example, and let's just go ahead and play with our example of our tendency to ranting. We are prone <laughs> to the habit of ranting. One of the things that we need to do is be mindful about seeing what the trigger is that leads to a rant, mm -hmm. if this is something we're trying to stop. Another example for a lot of folks is overeating. I'm stressed, so I overeat. Right. Once upon a time when we went to offices, that looked like that meeting was terrible. I'm going to the break room to find the Pop-Tarts. Not that that's a specific example that applied to me. <laughs> so um, I think that step one, mindfulness when you want to stop a target or a habit is identifying what triggers the behavior that is the habit you're trying to stop. Does that make sense, Jen? It does. And I'll volunteer and I won't try to impose this on you. But while we're playing out the ranting illustration, I, I will tell you that I have been um, mindful and self-aware enough to realize that mine very much stems from those moments when there's a piece that's clearly outside of my control that I can't exercise um, action over. And then I tend to resort to this process of ranting about things that, you know, I make things way more important than they should be because it's something that I can control in that moment. And so recognizing that trigger though of, okay, what's really happening here is there's something outside of your control. And it's not going to be made helpful, made, you know, it's not going to be helped by controlling something else, especially something that's not as big, you know, a big of a deal. You're just going to make your team crazy, but knowing that that's what's actually happening. And I, that's an excellent example. I would actually suggest that for a lot of folks, control is is a trigger behind a lot of habits. Mm -hmm. um, we have other ab we have other episodes, excuse me, that talk about that as a key, right? How do you handle in our decision making series? We talked about how do you react to a decision that you didn't control 
and that you weren't a part of, right? For a lot of us, the ability to maintain emotional control is a challenge because when we don't like the way something happened, we lose, we have a control trigger that hits, right? So I think that's really good. It's a good example of a trigger. So stress can trigger us. A lack of control can trigger us. A desire to be recognized can trigger us. That's Mm. a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, If I feel like um, I've not been recognized or acknowledged and I don't mean getting the attaboy I mean the actual like I've offered an idea or I've given some input and people are kind of buzzing right past it right I think I've said something helpful in the meeting and no one wrote it on the whiteboard that's that I, that's literal don't laugh at me that's I'm not I'm with you I'm with you you know I think I just said something great why aren't you putting it on the whiteboard right that sense of um not being heard is a huge trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And you know what that causes for me? I then have a habit of deciding I need to step in and take over, take writing the notes or <laughs> personally make sure that the action item list is gone through and gives me the opportunity to restate something I think we should have said we need to do, right? Like, um, I sound like I'm being flippant. I am not. I'm being <laughs> self-aware, right? Like that, that is a trigger. So in this yeah. whole concept of stopping a habit, The first thing you need to do when you say, I need to stop the habit of ranting is go say, what are the triggers that are creating this rant? So that you can start to become mindful of the instigator. The other thing that you need to elevate in your mindfulness is what is the reward for this habit? And how does that reward really make me feel? So Mm -hmm. I want to very quickly give full credit to um, a gentleman named Judd Brewer, who wrote an article late last year, almost a year ago exactly, um, for Harvard Harvard Business Review. I know you're all shocked. It's been many episodes <laughs> since I brought up HBR. Um, Judd wrote an article called How to Break Up with Your Bad Habits. And the one of the primary concepts he drew, drew out in that article is the one that I'm going to lean into here. And it's this concept of taking time to be mindful of the reward for your habit that can be good when you're trying to build a good habit mm-hmm. and how it really makes you feel. So here I'll go back back to I'm stressed so I overeat to feel better. The habit is the overeating. How does that overeating really make you feel? Do you later have shame as in I hid the Pop-Tart wrappers in the bottom of my trash can, right? You have regret. Oh crap, that means I'm going to need to spend two hours on the treadmill tonight, right? Do you have self-loathing because you know you shouldn't have done that, right? And I'd be shocker I'm being dramatic another one of my habits but I want to draw out the point right at how do you really feel the reward is supposed to be man that felt good that was really delicious and made me feel good pop tarts are not delicious unless you're six no yeah. right Mm-mm. so how does that reward really make you feel and if you can become mindful of not just the trigger at the beginning but this actual feeling of the reward that you once thought was good and what it really means now um it can be game changing to break that habit yeah and again and i think again i think we need to separate the immediate feeling of the reward versus the less immediate because it can be a pretty quick progression but like there can be an immediate you know I ate a pop tart and it wasn't that bad because I hadn't had it in a long time especially the pretzel ones with brown sugar inside to be specific and so you can have something like that and in the in the moment go woo this was great very quickly then go why in the world 
like that that was not a thing or again I'll go back to the ranting you know I can rant about something ridiculous and the immediate thing I feel is validated in that I have stated something and brought truth to the forefront over something that I could you know control and express and then the immediate aftermath is the ridiculousness of really like you have a rant and well thought position statement on smoothies and how people should eat food instead of drinking it. Like this is just, this is ridiculous. And so understanding that immediate versus ultimate, what is it that I'm feeling as a result of this? That's really helpful, Jen, to kind of drive home the point. And I'm going to keep walking us down this road. So we're trying to stop a habit. We have identified a habit that we need to all out stop. So we've identified what triggers the habit. We've taken a mindful, honest assessment of how that the reward for said habit really makes us feel. Here's the next thing that you need to think about. What is the replacement or the deterrent that you need to put in place help you with breaking up with that habit because let's be honest the mindfulness is great for awareness it is not necessarily enough to remain in that beautiful mindful surreal state to actually break the habit right Mm -hmm. you need to actually get your hand slapped sometimes to say it very directly right so the simple one instead of i'm stressed out so i'm going to have the pop tart in my case by the way it's the s'mores pop tart that is the go-to Um, yeah, just solid stuff right there, literally. So, um, so instead of doing, you know, the, what it might need to happen is, okay, I need a replacement for that pop tart. It is, I'm going for a walk around the block instead of eating the pop tart. I'm making an intentional decision to walk around the block. Another example of a deterrent deterrent might be making that habit unhideable. So instead of the Pop-Tarts being in the community kitchen with a trash can that I can hide the wrapper in, maybe those Pop-Tarts are on my desk. So I have to own that I'm choosing to eat them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and of course we can go into much more serious matters on how you can handle some of this. In some cases, it's that post-it that's on your computer screen that reminds you, listen, don't speak. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a habit of apologizing unnecessarily for things. I'm sorry I can't make your meeting. Instead of saying, my schedule's very full, may I ask you to find another time, right? I have shared before, I have a post-it note on my screen with alternative sayings to I'm sorry that are more appropriate. That's how you break a habit. You have a ready replacement or you have a deterrent that stops you from the behavior. Yeah, it's really important. And actually, while you're talking about this, Laura, I'm thinking right now of a few for me, and this will play into the homework that comes later, that I know are habits that I haven't figured out a deterrent yet that actually stems the tide. So specifically, one of the ones I'm thinking about is the fact that when I do get overwhelmed, not only do I make excess to-do lists to go back to something of of yours, but I also um, tend to make excess to-do lists for everyone else. Um, I start sending flurry of emails and other things, trying, you know, again, just to fight that overwhelmed by how much can we get accomplished and how much can I have immediately in my purview and so looking for you know recognizing that that's a bad habit it stems from this feeling of being overwhelmed what is the deterrent that's gonna hold me back from that that's gonna be part of my homework I love it. And I think, and it's not just deterrent. Let's remind our listeners that it's deterrent or replacement or Mm -hmm. both, 
right? right? Because I think they all have their time in place because for me, a lot of times it's having the replacement. Um, I've been working with a nutritionist. You all know that I've been on a wellness journey this year of sorts. And to get past a plateau, I've been working with a nutritionist the last couple of weeks. And one of the things I've learned in that program is one of the best deterrents for some of our poor eating habits is to have a plan which plays right into my happy place, right? If I already have a plan, if I've literally already logged in my app what I'm going to eat today, I'm, I can easily go, oh, that cookie is not in the plan. The plan is already well balanced. I have everything lined up the way I want it to be. I need to say no, right? I've, repla I've created some other activities there and some other habits that replace, um, replace the action of eat the cookie that I don't need. So... We've talked about food a lot in this segment. <laughs> so um, I think we need to come up with some fresh examples moving forward. Um, just a note for us that I'm offering live. Let's move from stopping and just spend a minute or two, Jen, on when we recognize we need to pause a habit mm -hmm. and what that looks like. Now, I think first somebody might be going, why do I need to pause a habit? That's ludicrous. But I think we need to recognize that there are times and places when a really good habit can get in the way of something you need to do. Um, for example, it might be a really good habit to, um, I'll use one of mine. It might be a really good habit to refuse to leave a meeting without clarity around who is going to do what by when. One of the things I say all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But it might be really valuable to pause that habit because what my team needs to do for the next couple of weeks is one, we need to do some some other people need to learn to drive that behavior. It can't be driven by me. So I need to stop my compulsion for it and make sure others are doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Or the other thing might be, I need to pause it because I need to recognize that my rigidity around that topic is putting a damper on the creativity of my team. So I need to actually pause my rigidity there for a little while to allow creativity to happen. That's a good one. And I, I think we can resonate with that. I think I even maybe talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Our team was in a season of some strategic planning that I needed to not rush. And it meant that I had to intentionally set our entire meetings and conversation around a different paradigm of, hey, you know, this is going to be discussion. We are not looking for decision. And so setting up the clarity for that, that normally if something, if it's ready to come to a full staff meeting, then it should be ready for a decision. And we had to put that habit, which is a good habit for productivity, but had to put that habit on pause to say, this is something that we need to make sure we don't rush the decision. So we're going to talk about it and we're going to actually work against making a decision we're going to let it sit and we're going to let it simmer it was deeply uncomfortable but it was an intentional pause of a habit in order to do a process differently great example jen thank you so much for sharing that i think that's a really really good one um, to share with everybody so hold on to these thoughts everyone stopping the habit that needs to be full stopped and what that just looked like trigger 
reward replacement. And then we're also, you know, and then this thought on pause, recognizing that there are some habits where you need to pause them, hold yourself accountable for the time frame and the reason for the pause, but recognize it and pause it. We're going to come back in a little bit and kind of flip this on its head and look at good habits that you need to stop and, and why or good habit gone awry. And we're also going to give you a little bit of homework to help you get more mindful about your habits. Pause. Today in Real Talk, Jen and I are going to abuse our listeners and we're going to make a request of you <laughs> instead of giving information and being real. So I will start it out with being real, though. Jen and I love doing the Sisters of Industry podcast, and we are really looking forward um, to continuing to grow this podcast in the coming year. But I'm here's the real part. We need your help to be successful in doing that. So Jen, what's one of the things we would like to ask our listeners to do to help us on this growth journey? I love this because yes, we are not always good at asking for help and we do need your help. This is really important to us and something we want to continue. And so one of the things that we would like to ask you to do for us is if you are listening and loving it, or if even if you're listening and there are some suggestions or things that you would change, we would love for you to leave a review. So whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast, if you would leave a review that does so much for us it not only allows us to be responsive but it also makes it more visible to other people who are looking for things that they might want to listen to so we would love for you to leave a review Okay, ask number two. If you listen and are enjoying us, um, I'm not going to be as nice as Jen. If you don't like us, please do not do this. Um, <laughs> if you listen to and enjoy the Sisters of Industry, take a moment and show the love on social media. Please like and share us both on Instagram and Facebook. Um, comment on some of our posts. Um, we would love to hear more from you on those platforms, and we would absolutely just love your help in sharing um, how much you like this podcast and helping others to zero in on it. Okay, this is really good. And then here's one more that we're really excited about. And it's that we do want more people to be in this conversation. So if you would like to join us on Sisters, then we would love for you to visit us online at thesistersofindustry.com and get in touch. There's a contact form right on our website and you can let us know. Do you have a question you'd love us to talk about? Do you have a topic that you've been thinking about that you'd love to hear our perspective on? Or would you love to be considered as someone who could jump on and add to the conversation on the air with us? We would love to talk to you. Jen, that was the realest of real talk. We got real about the fact that we don't like to ask for help. And we also got real about some things that you, our listeners, can do to help us continue to grow this podcast. We are thrilled about the growth that we've already seen in our first, um, oh gosh, it's been 14 months. And we just mm -hmm. want to build on that in the new year. We're really looking forward to some new things with some book club breakout sessions, some training okay. opportunities. Um, some training opportunities for our listeners and others and some coaching opportunities we're putting together and also of course more episodes to help you with your life so that is real and we would just love it if you took one of those or all three of those suggestions and ran with it Okay, Laura, so that first part was really helpful, talking about how some of the very same things that help us build good habits can also be used to help us respond to bad habits. And in this second segment today, we want to talk about when some of our good habits actually start to go bad and work against us, and how do we pull back 
on that. And actually, Laura, in the last segment, you gave a really good example of this, the good habit of making sure there's clear action steps coming out of a meeting, who's doing what by when. That is an incredibly good habit. I don't think we can say that enough. Laura, would you like to say that again to our listeners, how important that is? I'd like them to repeat it back to me right now, <laughs> all together now. What? By when? <laughs> by when? <laughs> yeah, so really good habit, but then you you offered the it can go bad when it becomes such a sticking point that you can't let go without it. That every now and then there's a circumstance that doesn't fit that clear mold, and if you're so stuck, it just doesn't work. And so I want us to talk about how we're going to recognize that. And before we do, though, I'll offer the personal example to counter the professional example. And it goes with our conversation last week about hydration. And we talked about our ability to track and measure. And all those things can be really helpful and really good habits to drink a lot of water. We need to we need water. We need sleep and we need all of these things. However, We've all noticed either in ourselves or other people that sometimes these really good tracking habits very quickly can become obsessions that make us just entirely unflexible. Is it unflexible or inflexible, Lara? Oh, I think it depends whether you want to be cool or awesome, which one you say. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to say takes away flexibility (laughs) to get myself out of the corner. And so that's just another example of there's really good habits that then can drift into obsessions. So, Laura, let's start to talk about how do we recognize when these good habits are drifting? So I think one of them is to truly watch how others around you respond. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to that mindful concept, but this time we're being mindful about others around us. I think a lot of times I realize that a good habit in my life has gone awry because I notice how my colleagues or my friends and family are starting to anticipate that I'm going to do something that's so habitual. They even prepare for it and react to it in advance And none of that is happening in a positive way, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're either making fun of me. um, So maybe that's the good natured way, but they're making fun of me. Like, we know what you're going to say. We know what you're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're starting that kind of behavior is starting to kick in or you see, you know, the rolling of the eyes or, you know, because maybe it's something where you're going to have a physical reaction. You can see them already preparing for it and starting to move away, right? Like, Watching how others around you react and start to anticipate your habit could start to tell you that you have a habit that's gone awry um, too much too quickly, right? Um, to talk about it in a parenting perspective, it can be one where you just notice that your kids stop telling you something or they stop including you in something or doing something because they know how you're going to control or handle it, right? That's mm-hmm. a very clear indicator that kind of brings this to surface. So how are people anticipating and reacting to you that maybe isn't positive um, when all is said and done that's indicating you have a habit that's out of control? This one's really important. And I, I want to kind of offer this in addition in that in our current context, Uh, again, not to be redundant, but it just is where we is, where a lot of our work environments have shifted this year, um, whether that is because we've gone virtual or or done some things in different ways. 
were a little bit off kilter with some of the cues that we've read before with people. So I might be exhibiting the, some of the same control tendencies and where before I would have actually seen some of the people in my office duck and cover or make sure they, you know, just gave me a wide berth around my office to <laughs> avoid, you know, whatever um, space that I was in. It's not as it's not as obvious in some ways. And so this is where it also comes back to. We've talked about this lots of times the intentional asking the question checking in with people doing those 360 reviews where you are asking people to give you feedback hey you know help me see what I'm not seeing how does the room shift when I'm in it how are the people around me experiencing me the other thing that's been interesting for me is I've started to recognize some of my professional habits because my family became exposed to the professional version of me much more in the last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you get to the dinner table, which is something we never used to be able to do, but now we get to gather for dinner on most days. And when we sit down and gather at the dinner table, somebody will make a comment about like, oh my Lord, mom, t again today, I heard you blah, 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 right? And you're like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I didn't even know I did it, mm -hmm. right? So, but, the, and that's another kind of a way to get self-awareness when you're taken out of your normal element and placed in a different one and you get to watch, hear feedback from people that aren't used to you so yeah. they don't recognize it as a habit and blow it off anymore they're going what are you doing right so i think that's really good be willing to notice and accept that indirect and direct feedback and reflection on a habit gone wrong that's... i think the other thing oh no, i'm sorry ahead. jen go ahead no i was <laughs> <laughs> it's good we're on a roll um no i think it, it leads into the next one which came up with the personal example i offered of our ability to recognize these things is the people around us but then also for ourselves recognizing when we've become dysfunctional or paralyzed without the ability to act on that habit. And so again, this is how you know when something's moved into the obsession category. And without, you know, going deep back into this realm either, for me, I've talked forever about how running is a habit. I also had to learn how to function mentally on my off days because there was such a habit for me around my running itself and also how it made me feel and how it started my day. But then also knowing that I couldn't run seven days a week, how was I going to act on the off days? And what I recognized was there were some pretty unhealthy things because it had become a, an obsessive thing that had to get checked off. So again, that was a recognition quality that allowed me to then go back and, and really put a healthier perspective around the bigger picture. I think an example that I've seen professionally is some people have a really good habit of being prepared. You walk into a meeting with your notes in order. You're mm -hmm. prepared for a conversation. You bring the data. Um, that is an excellent habit on the surface and one that I encourage people and even work myself to instill, right? Um, where could that become a problem? I have watched, I have a very specific example that I can't name, but I've seen it. I have seen people derail themselves because they become so habitually oriented to the need to prepare Mm -hmm. that they aren't able to handle the off-cuff, emergency, unexpected conversation, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's one that a lot of us could reflect on if we are a preparer. And I would say that the converse of that is true. Maybe you're someone who has a habit of successfully, of being very successful by thinking on your feet, 
being flexible, you know, being willing to come into things loose and hearing all inputs. And through virtue of that habit, you've gotten yourself into a position that when it is really important to prepare, you don't do it. So, you know, it's one thing to be flexible and ad hoc and really roll with things when you're dealing in the day-to-day -day business. But when you're preparing for a board of directors meeting, you need to get prepared and button up, right? Don't miss the difference. Is that funny? I'm being no, way I'm serious, I'm only man. laughing because of what you wanted to say in that moment. And then you, oh. you, you made it, <laughs> you cleaned it up on a dime. So that was some flexibility in action, Laura. And I was appreciating it. Listen, so I take very, very seriously the fact that you do not want to be the preacher with the podcast that has an explicit note on it. I get it. I, I am a good girl, as are you. Amen. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Well, Laura, this is really good. I think we've talked about, you know, recognizing, being mindful of the bad habits. And then those, that was a little bit on noting when the good habits have even gone astray. But we have made everyone wait long enough. You promised homework. And it's time to get down to it. Because again, we could talk about these things all day long and every week. And we can, you know, listen to other people talk about it. But until we start to put some things into place, it's it's just stuff. It's just more that's out there. Okay, so Laura, homework assignment. Hit us. Yay! So here's the homework. It does not take long, but I'm really quite serious. I'm going to guess most of you have notes or a journal digitally or in person that you keep nearby. Take 10 minutes this week. Only 10 minutes. Open up a note or a page and write down some of the habits that you have the good the bad and the ugly i'm not saying to filter them just take 10 minutes do a brain dump and put some of your habits down on a single piece of paper i would also suggest if you want to take 10 more minutes do a little crowdsourcing ask some trusted friends family colleagues whatever you know send out a group text to a couple of people and say hey guys when you think of me what are three habits that i have that come to mind right mm -hmm. crowdsource a little bit to add to that list so that's step one of your homework create a habits list don't filter just get it written down and go ahead you're the only thing question. i was going to add is the temptation here in some ways is that we do tend to stop at the crowdsourcing because we you know we we can shy away from asking other people um, but we can also then if we do ask people be very selective about the people we ask so i want to encourage you that person you're thinking of that you're thinking mm, not gonna ask them Ask them. Ask them. <laughs> Ask them. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, we will, if you consider the rubric for this assignment, that's teacher talk for the way I'm going to grade it, you need to ask at least <laughs> three other people, guys. Okay? So get this. Step one, make your list of habits. Step two in this homework assignment, evaluate them. Stop. Pause continue. Take a few minutes to just be honest about each of those habits. Is it something you should be categorizing as stop, pause, or continue? And here's the next step, nothing. Do not do anything else with that list. I want you to exercise some mindfulness by becoming aware of some habits. And I want you to think a little bit and reflect on this stop, pause, continue we've covered today. Do not do anything else. And we're gonna build on that assignment in the couple weeks because nothing's cooler than homework assignments that build on each other to the grand finale. <laughs> and I wanna assure all of our listeners that the only one she's actually gonna grade is going to be me. So the rest of you are responsible for holding yourselves accountable. Don't think she's not gonna ask me about my list in a few days. This is true because I have a bad habit of follow-up. But don't... <laughs> 
Uh, we're going to put that one in the habit of continue because it is so, so good. Okay. Well, I'm really excited. There's your assignment. We're going to get to it. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to talk more about habits in the coming weeks. Well, today on Memory Lane, we want to do a little future memory with all of you about some of the habits that define us. And so, Laura, here's a fun way that I want to ask you this question, knowing that you and I, you know, grew up together in the same house and now do a podcast. If one day your children we're doing some virtual reality podcast in the future or whatever it is that they're doing. What habit do you think they're going to talk about when they talk about you? That is such a dangerous thing to bring up. And first, I'm totally envisioning the book Ready Player One at this moment and like them sitting in a van with VR glasses on doing um, doing this podcast or whatever it is in the future. But anyway, so here's what I think, Jen. I think that on the good side of habits, my friend or my friends, not my friends, maybe my kids are definitely going to point to the fact that I do things big. I have a habit of going big. If we're going to have a brunch on Christmas Eve, um, instead of inviting 10 people, let's invite 100 people. Um, if we're going to go on vacation, if instead of going one place, let's plan a two and a half week spreadsheet required mega journey, right? If you're going to have a birthday, why not make that three layer haunted mansion complicated cake? I do have a tendency to go big. Um, and I think that's a habit that they will talk about. On the bad side, I have no doubt that my children will not be need to be prompted to talk about how I have this habit of overcommitting in just a zealousness for being involved in helping others and then dragging them along on the ride. I cannot tell you how many times my kids have served at food pantries, at events for church, have helped people move, whatever the case may be, because in my zealousness to help others and to be involved, I way overcommit and then my family has to help me fulfill my obligations. So that is definitely coming up in both the podcast and therapy sessions. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, and for me, I'm going to lump mine into the good and the bad, kind of the same one. And for me, I think my kids are going to um, want to talk a lot about the fact that their mother couldn't stop talking to strangers. And it's just one of those things. I think we learned it from our dad that wherever I go, whether I'm in a checkout line or I'm standing in line somewhere, I talk to strangers. I, you know, make comments conversation. I notice things around me and I bring them up. And on the good side, I think it makes me super friendly and it has led to some great exchanges. But it also, and this is what my kids I think will have a lot to say about, it makes simple errands take much longer than they normally would. One of the often heard phrases in our home is we'd have been finished sooner, but mom was being social again. <laughs> and so that's definitely a habit that I have. It's not one that I want to stop. It might be one I need to consider sometimes the time and place and those who might be waiting for me. Jen, I love it about you and I share that habit. So I think it's a phenomenal <laughs> habit, no doubt about it. So I think this has been a great memory lane and this is like the memory lane where we ran forward to future memories. It's very back to the future. Um, so this could be my very favorite memory lane ever. I love it. Thank you for this walk, Jen.
Thanks so much for listening to the Sisters of Industry. We hope this episode has made you laugh, made you think a little bit, and helped you grow in your industrious life. Don't forget to do that homework and don't forget to leave us a review.